0: You're listening to episode 42 of Fear the Boots interview series. In this interview, we talk with Kimmy about her upcoming game, Decamo. Running time for this episode is 43 minutes. Welcome to Fear the Boot. My name is Dan. This is Wayne. My name's Chad. And I'm Dale. All right. And joining us today, we have Kimmy from the Happy Jacks podcast. Hi there. She's on her day off from mowing the lawn, doing our laundry and all the other things that mostly <laughs> Stu has to do. Mm-hmm. But occasionally we do accept a fill in if Stu has something else to attend like his, you know, child needs a transplant <laughs> or something. We might give him maybe 12 hours off. Maybe. Yeah.
1: But she can't maybe. have the day off from everything. She has to go run a game when we finish.
2: Yes. So <laughs> I
1: have to be entertained by downloading the actual play. <laughs>
0: Of course. <laughs> so before we get into what Kimmy is on this show to talk with us about, let's first, for anyone who's not familiar with Happy Jacks or with Kimmy's other things that she's involved in, Kimmy, why don't you tell us a little about yourself?
2: Oh my goodness. Uh, First off, I've been a Fear the Boot fan for a very, very long time, which is very exciting. I always love being on with you guys. And Happy Jacks is similarly very old. And we are like old pod friends of Fear the Boots. And we all started back in the old days of RPG podcasting together. Like we are in our 11th year. And you guys, what, what year are you guys in? We are about to hit our 14th anniversary. Yeah, yeah. So we're we're the old people of podcasting all of us together.
3: Pretty soon we'll be able to vote.
2: Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah. So Started way back in the day. We, you know, guested on each other's shows a lot back in the day. And yeah, we've just kind of we started as uh, Ren Faire musicians who were getting drunk and talking about D&D between f- shows at the Ren Faire. And we had a recording studio because we're musicians. And we were like, I know, we'll try this newfangled podcasting thing. People love to hear us talk about RPGs. And then surprisingly, they actually did. And somehow, magically, we are still doing it this many years later. We have not pod faded, So, you know, you and us, are like a couple of us hanging in there by our fingernails since the old days. I guess like eight years ago, we started doing actual plays, just podcasts still. And then about four years ago, three, four years ago, we broke in and we started doing streams too. So people now can see our... <laughs> lovely faces. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's what we do. So now we're super busy. We have anywhere between three and four APs that we stream and record a week. And then Fridays, we still have the good old advice show that we do, which you have some of you have been on a couple of times.
1: Not to mention a recent 24-hour stream for charity.
2: Yes. Yeah. So it was our second uh, attempt at that, and it went really, really well. Um, Much smoother than the first year. (laughs) First year went really well, too. But this year it's like, all right, we all were sure that we knew that midnight on Saturday was the same time. Mm -hmm. Nobody showed up, (laughs) all those things. But, yeah, we were raising money for a fantastic foundation called Rainbow Railroad, which helps um, rescue LGBTQIA plus people um, from countries that persecute them and put their lives in actual danger, like countries that have laws against being anything but straight, and uh, they rescue them and they get them to safety. So it's a fantastic organization, and we were really excited to have another charity drive for them. And let's see, um, I also do cosplay stuff, and I also am in a nerd band, so (laughs) lots of different things. I have lots
0: of things I do. So I'm going to put links to all this in the show notes. So the main thing that you guys do, the primary site, is Happy Jacks, which is at, I believe, happyjacks.org? Yep. Okay, which always weirded me out because it's an org and not a com. Yeah. I know. I know. We are financially failing endeavors, not nonprofit organizations.
2: <laughs> no, I know. We, we
0: are technically, if everyone didn't know, .com is actually short for commercial. It mm-hmm. was meant for commercial websites. And we are failed commercial organizations. We, we are not <laughs> nonprofit orgs. So
1: I say they're also the only people on We.
2: Oh, are on, they? On what? No. <laughs> exactly. What? Uh, on what? No. Stu is on MiWi like once every three months. But the you... hell
4: is MiWi? The Facebook uh, replacement. That there's yeah, there's like of that. 20 of them that have failed. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I know.
0: The only one out there that's having any degree of success is the Twitter competitor, the Chinese one. Oh, was it Weibu? Weibu. Or, yeah. yeah. Or something to that effect. We ought to have an account on there just because I want to see how long it will take before we finally get a government ban. Because there's actually a website where you can check if the Great Firewall is blocking you or not. Mm-hmm. And as of right now, Fear the Boot is still accepted by the Chinese censors. Excellent. So I, I don't know how I feel about that. that I mean, means I, we're doing something wrong. <laughs> yeah. I, I, we're, I don't know. We're doing something wrong. But you know what? At the same time, since we're so apolitical and a religious in most of what we do, mm-hmm. I guess we're just not that controversial. And for the people that are in China, I am just as happy to bring you role playing entertainment as Go Democracy. Yeah, as anyone else. <laughs> so.
2: And the band.
0: band. <laughs> then there we went. Thank you, Dale. All right, but the nerd band. What's the website for that?
2: That is marysuesband dot com.
0: Marysuesband yeah. Okay. Yeah,
2: we're called the Mary Sue's. And see, I registered that website, so I knew the difference between uh, and
0: org. And org. Yeah. I'm like Stu. I'm gonna <laughs> some point just get Stew set up with like happyjacks.gov or happyjacks.edu or Yeah. That would
2: be amazing.
0: Dot museum. Yeah. <laughs> Happyjacks Yeah. So the cosplay stuff, I know it's called Golden Lasso. What is the website address for that?
2: It's uh, goldenlasso.net. That's my blog. It's really out of date. Honestly, the best place to see my cosplay stuff right now is social media. Um, If you find me at Golden Lasso Girl on Instagram or Facebook or Twitch or I'm on Twitter, something like that. That's the best place to find it because I I ran out of time for doing all the things. So I kind of stopped blogging. But there are lots of pictures still on the website and lots of old articles about nerdy stuff that I wrote like two years ago.
0: (laughs) Kick-ass. So once again, all this will be in the show notes. Now, that is not the main thing we have, Kimmy, on here to talk about. There is a project right now that Mm -hmm. Kimmy, along with a group of young ladies, is doing. And we don't talk a whole lot about Kickstarters on this show outside of our own because, quite frankly, there are a lot of them... And we have felt a little burned by the fact that a small number of the Mm -hmm. ones we've supported have never delivered. Now, And so we've gotten a lot more selective where we have to feel a really high confidence in both the product itself and the likelihood of delivery before we'll talk about them. Which is why, once again, you don't hear too much about them on our show anymore. Mm -hmm. But there's one right now that Kimmy are any of the other three ladies involved in this are they also involved in Happy Jacks or is it all
2: three of all three of
0: them okay (laughs) yes
2: that's that's what I it's it's how we got well we got to know each other through uh, through other stuff cosplay and stuff and then they came in and they've been playing at Happy Jacks for a number of years now and I just it's just like this perfect convergence of the talents that I needed for this project and they were all really excited about it so it was just very serendipitous
0: I feel bad for Stu. He's got to be sought numbered over there now. Yeah. Do we need to, like, rescue him and Stork?
2: Yeah, I'm sure they just hate gaming with a bunch <laughs> yeah, of cosplay like girls. surrounded by cosplaying girls, <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. I'm, it's I'm like... sure
0: it's torture, but I don't know. It just, I, I'm i going to have to ask Stu at some point, because mm-hmm. we need to do another crossover anyway. How I, but anyway. Absolutely. Okay, so the project that you're working on right now is one that is actually really near and dear to my heart, because if there is one thing, thing that I think Fear the Boot has, if not really started the light shining on this, we have certainly done a lot to mainstream conversations about it, which is the importance of Game Zero or pre-game prep. Getting the party right, getting the characters right, setting yourself up for success before the first line of narration from the GM. And, the project that you guys are doing, because there's, we've worked with things like this in the form of the group template. I'm actually working on a version two of the group template that includes some of the other things we've come up with over the years, like the pregame questionnaire, the game pitch template that Wayne has put together, a bunch of other stuff, which I, I'm hoping to have done within the next week or two. Mm-hmm. But you are putting together a formalized game called Dekuma. Mm -hmm. And I have a whole bunch of questions. But just to finish the high level pitch, what Dekuma does is you play with a derivative of a tarot deck.
2: It's an actual full tarot deck, but it's got questions on the card. So we've added a piece to it. So if you really wanted to, you could use it for Tarot. For me, that was more a a thematic choice and it also helped things. I I needed that number of suits versus like the four suits in a regular poker deck. There's five suits of cards in a Tarot deck. So that just divided itself up better mathematically for it. Yeah. So it is a Tarot deck, but it's modified and you don't have to know anything about Tarot to successfully play it. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, and I thought it was also modified in that the, some of the cards were color-coded based on how they were used in a way that a normal tarot deck is not.
2: Yes, that is correct as well. While the backs of the cards are symmetrical, so you don't know which way the card's facing, which is the same as in tarot. Like I was saying, the suits have been split into three different types. And then on the back of the cards, just for easy sorting, we have different colors and then also symbols on the back.
0: So Kimmy, can you explain at a high level what Dekuma does? And how it fits into a role-playing game. Because I've read this off the Kickstarter, but rather than me going by memory, let's go straight (laughs) to the source.
2: Well, Decima is the R&D for your RPG. Basically, what it does is it creates character connections between the PCs... It creates a location, which can be everything from actual physical like buildings and things like that in your area to NPCs to also cultural aspects. So like what slang terms do they use in your generation ship when they like things? Or, you know, what is a the superstition they have in this Wild West town that you're making? And then the last thing it does is world dynamics, So what is the party's dynamics in the world around them? Do they have a good reputation? Do they have a bad reputation? Does somebody owe them a favor? Um, You know, does somebody in a high political position support them, but like secretly? So it does all this, and then it takes about 40 to 90 minutes to play.
1: And I know in the case of uh, a lot of games have some of this built in now. Uh, Mm -hmm. I've heard on the actual plays, you'll just leave one out. So masks, for example, has a really good system for tying characters together So you just left that part of the game out.
2: Right. Absolutely. So it's made to be very fluid and very customizable. So like we were talking about how the cards are separated a few minutes ago. So we have the red sun cards. Those are the character connections. And then those are the cups and the wands, if you know anything about tarot. And then we have the blue star cards, which create the location details. And those are the sword and the coin suits. Then the world dynamics are the purple moon cards. And they have, and that's the the major arcana so what you can do like you're saying you know masks has you know really great character connections and a lot of them tie in straight into the mechanics like the bull playbook specifically you know you have to pick a rival and a crush so, and that has to do with some of the mechanics of that playbook. So, you don't want to mess with that too much. So, for that, what I do is when we're playing, when you're dealing out the cards, you just don't deal out any of the red sun cards. So, then you just build your location and group dy- and world dynamics with the other two types of cards. Same thing if you're running like an adventure path and you're using water deep or something like that, you just leave out the blue star cards and then you just have character connections and world dynamics. So, that way it's just super easy to sort through do what you need to do for whatever game or system that you're playing because it was the most important thing to me like like you said there's a lot of systems that have this kind of built in now and i was finding myself stealing it from these systems when i was playing systems that didn't have it so i really wanted to build a a tool that people could use for any system and any setting so i've worked really hard to make it as system and setting agnostic as possible Um, and that way it's you know the more fluid it can be the better tool it is for gming
1: Yeah, I've talked about taking the Dresden Files character creation and using
0: it in other games for that very reason.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: Let me make the side observation that am I the only one that suddenly wants Lucky Charms? (laughs) <laughs> yes. What? Well, all these talk about like blue diamonds and purple <laughs> hearts and I, I mean i'm just here to rattle these off and all i'm thinking of is marshmallows but okay so,
2: I, I suddenly panicked i'm like did i go into my really bad irish accent that i used
0: no TV? no <laughs> not that no it was just the, all the suits attached yeah. to colors started to sound like the marshmallows and i'm it like does. now i suddenly want lucky charms but yeah. all right so One of the things that I really like about this is, yes, there are some games that do this. Some games don't do this at all. There are some games that do this. Wayne, you mentioned Dresden as an example. But one of the things that I dislike about how Dresden handles it is Dresden does, I think, ask a lot of important questions, but I don't think it gives you very much guidance in answering those questions for people that are not really good at intuiting what the game is going to need or what sort of social dynamics they really need to be thinking about. You know, someone that needs a little bit more structure or prefers a little bit more structure, Dresden is very loosey-goosey. It's, you know, Mm -hmm. here's a bunch of questions to get you thinking, which is a hell of a lot better than no questions Mm -hmm. at all, but it is really, really open-ended. And then I've seen some other games where... It goes the opposite direction, and it is so structured that there's really not a lot of room for creativity, where we start off by rolling how much we like or hate each other, <laughs> and we roll to see if anyone in town is pissed at us. And you, know, you just roll for everything off of these, well, I'm not going to name the game, but let's just say these Palladium-like charts, <laughs> and suddenly you get your forced answer to how you fit into the world and at best you can kind of explain that in a rorschach test sort of way so Kimmy, do you have the cards near you because i would love to do a live sort of sample mm-hmm. of just like a couple like real simple mm-hmm. things like we don't need to play the game in full yeah. just a card yeah. or two
2: Absolutely. Now, uh, the cards I have are prototype cards. We actually have some really amazing, beautiful art being drawn by my friend Samantha, who is on Happy Jacks, if you listen to any of the APs and stuff. She's drawing really beautiful custom cards for the art. And that's a lot of what we're kickstarting is paying her like a good... Artist wage, a living wage to do all this art for us so that you mean we have exposure.
0: <laughs> yeah, she should be working for exposure. This this is a big deal. <laughs> right. I, I don't understand <laughs> right. why you're giving her
2: money. I don't understand.
0: Artists <laughs> love that. I know. They right? love that.
2: <laughs> well, luckily enough, Samantha's actually like a real professional. She's done a lot of art for DC, Warner Brothers. She's worked for Blizzard. She's done a lot of this stuff. Oh, um, right. So, yeah, um, she's way past the exposure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, no, I, I think. Starting in places like yours is what got her there. You know, that's what's <laughs> going to keep her relevant. That's, that's right. That's a right. blizzard. Pff, yeah. What if <laughs> right. somebody at DC plays Dekuma and they're like, this is the artist we need <laughs> right. for our next yes. Batman line. <laughs> <laughs> right. (laughs) pretend we're setting up a game, all right? Okay. So Wayne is going to run for us a Necessary Evil game. Mm -hmm. He already is squinting because he knows where this is going. (laughs) So we're going to play Necessary Evil set against the backdrop of the Injustice story. And if you're not familiar with that, the high level of it is that it is an alternate Earth. And -hmm. in this alternate Mm -hmm. Earth, Superman does some things that cause him crushing guilt and anger... And he becomes a totalitarian monster. Yep. And the superheroes are so caught up in either helping him crush the world or trying to stand against him that the only people that are largely unaccounted for in the course of the story are the supervillains mm-hmm. who are sort of just trying to survive this dark alternate earth. So, mm-hmm. We're going to play Necessary Evil. So the good guys are the bad guys. So we're all playing (laughs) villains. And I'm playing Mr. Freeze. Chad, which DC villain are you?
4: Solomon Grundy. Born on a Sunday. Yep. Wow. Born on a Sunday. Died on Monday. Either that or I'm the main man. Actually, I'm going to be the main man. You're the main man. I'm the main man. I don't know if you've gotten to his section. Oh, no, I did. That's one of the best. Yeah. Yeah. The main man's got to work out some issues. He did.
0: All right. So we have Mr. Freeze, Lobo, Dale. Who are you playing?
3: Onomatopoeia. From the Green Arrow comics. Okay. Okay, so that's who we have is... Lamb.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, so, okay, we have Mr. Freeze, Solomon Grundy. No, the main man. The main man. 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 You switched the Lobo. I did, I did. It was my fault. Okay, an automatopoeia. Wayne is running this. All right, so go ahead. Like, let's do a few samples. So where do we start here? Do we start with, like, setting building? Do we need a setting card? Do we start with intra or intercharacter relationships.
2: Well, that's the other great thing, is there's a bunch of variants on how to play Decima. Um, I'll walk you through, like, the base version, but that was actually one of the first stretch goals we unlocked, is because it's a card-based game, you could do a bunch of really cool variations of it. So the first thing you do is you come to the table. We've already kind of done that. The most important thing is obviously to have a setting and a a system that you are playing. And everyone would come to the table with an idea at least of who their characters are. We've already done that part, so that's great. Um, But you can come if you're playing like D&D. If you want to come with fully finished, statted out character sheets, that's fine too. And then what I would do is – what you would do is the GM. You would hand out cards. So you'd hand out two red cards with suns on them. Um, sorry, I don't want to get like all Lucky Charms again. So no,
0: no, keep going. <laughs> Slower.
2: <laughs> Making me hungry. All right. Um, so you get two character connection cards. Each person, you'd get two location cards, and then you get one of the group dynamic or the world dynamics cards. So you'd keep them all face down. You can put them however you want. Like it doesn't matter. So the first thing we'd do is we'd go around, and you would flip over one of your red cards, the character connection cards. Okay, so let's say this is for me. So Mm -hmm.
0: can you randomly draw one of the cards? Mm -hmm. Tell me what it is and tell me what that means I need to do.
2: Okay, so you'd flip it over. And then just like tarot cards, the meaning of the card changes depending whether the card is face up or upside down.
0: Yeah, so to explain that real quick, for anyone who's not familiar with the tarot deck, like I'm holding a poker deck. The Seven of Clubs is designed to read the same in either facing. So if side A is facing upward or downward, it doesn't matter. With tarot, the pictures are not done that way. Unlike a king, say, in a deck of cards, you don't have the king right side up at the top and upside down at the bottom, so it works either way. If you have like one of the queens from the tarot deck, The queen is only facing one direction, so the queen can be right side up or upside down, and that changes the meaning of the card. I I had to ask somebody, so how do you shuffle that? (laughs) So I'm going to give you guys a tarot tip, you guys being people at home. If you're trying to shuffle a tarot deck so you get the right side up and upside down cards mixed, what you do is you start by shuffling it like you would a normal deck of cards, and then you pause and you cut the deck into about five or six roughly equal size stacks. And then you go every other stack and you turn every other stack upside down, restack the cards, and then reshuffle them normally again. And then after a couple shuffles, pause, do the same thing, split it into about five or six cuts, turn every other cut upside down, put them back together, reshuffle them, and repeat that a few times. And eventually you have a hand that's not only mixed in terms of the order of the card, but it's unpredictable in terms of the facing of any card.
2: Hmm. Yeah. And once you've used a a deck enough, you don't have to worry about doing that every time because it's just naturally kind of a a variation of different facing cards too. So once you break it in a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, the cards
0: get scrambled and that kind of helps your your shuffling. So, okay, so let's go ahead and start with what is my first card? What is its facing? Mm -hmm. And what do I need to do?
2: So flipping over a card. Basically, when you flip over one of the Decima cards, there's a question facing you. And all you have to do is read it and answer that question with your group. So if you know nothing about tarot, you're still perfectly capable of playing Decima. You drew a six of wands and it's right side up. So you partnered with blank to do something shady. What was it? So for these cards, the blank is supposed to be another PC. So you would... Fill that in. So what do you think? So the main
0: man may have gotten some very needed therapy, but I partnered with Lobo to try and find out where some of the resistance facilities, which is led by Batman, Mm -hmm. are located. Because given the fact that in the course of the Injustice series, they're messing with genetic stuff. I think some of the things they're doing might be useful in my research to cure my wife, Nora. Yeah.
4: So you partnered with Lobo because you know the main man is the best tracker in the galaxy. That's right. He's the best bounty hunter. And in fact, they think they defeated him. But the truth is, that was always the plan. That's right.
0: The, The plan was for you to get in there to get a bead on where their facilities might be located. And this had
4: nothing to do with Mr. Freeze. Not wanting to get beat up by Superman. Right. Is just because the main man is the best tracker. <laughs> and ever. I paid you with
0: several things that are now effectively impossible to get on Earth because of Superman's tyranny, mm-hmm. which is a couple cartons of camels oh, and yep. a few cases of beer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the entire box set of every single episode of the Three Stooges. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the beer, instantly and always cold. Oh, absolutely. That's yeah, that's, that's the Victor Freeze
4: guarantee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's awesome a okay. so, man can do business with this
2: yeah so you would as the GM you'd take notes furiously <laughs> and all of that especially the beer that's always cold that's amazing mm-hmm. and then you'd go around the table and everyone would flip over a card so next person um, your card says you harmed blank once but they don't know it was you
4: Dale because <laughs> the this main happen? man is going to harm you you're going to know it yeah,
0: yeah. That's, <laughs> that, that's what I'm saying is right. onomatopoeia yeah, he 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 sounds like the yeah. biggest rounding error in our party.
3: So, <laughs> well, yeah. Uh okay, so who did I hear him? Uh let's go with for some reason all I'm thinking of Marvel characters. <laughs> well, it's well, going the it to be awesome the other two players. Yeah.
4: Okay. Uh, so it's either Mr. Freeze or Lobo. L- let's go Lobo, why not? Okay. <laughs> That's not dangerous at all. <laughs> yeah. No.
2: Perfect. Um, and what, what happens? You want to tell me a little bit about that?
3: Oh, let's see, Onomatopoeia generally has a recording of you know someone going like "help, help," and a hero mm-hmm. comes and rescues, him, and they sh- he shoots him in the head. So,
4: and you harmed Lobo in a way that he didn't know. Secretly harmed him. So you yeah. shot him in the head, and he just didn't notice. Like, you, 357 Mag, <laughs> and bam, right in the back of the head. Well, it and he could just kind of, like, scratched like his head. He had a
0: recording of you saying, I'm the main man. Mm. And while you were away from oh, your bike, he no. played it really loud. Superman showed up, smashed your bike. No, he put the... Super boot on my bike
4: is what yes. he did.
0: Yeah. Oh my god. No, one of those Kryptonian metal things like the 50,000 pound key he has right. for the Fortress of Solitude. Mm. So It's oh. like a 50,000 pound boot.
4: The main man is going to find this bastard who put the yeah. boot on his car. Because he sure as hell not paying the $100 fine. <laughs> well, <no.
3: laughs>
4: main man doesn't pay fines? So
3: yeah, that sounds good.
4: <laughs> <laughs> if we ever play this game, never let that secret slip. Ever. All right, Lobo will kill you. Boy. am
0: Let's all right. So there's some ideas of how Mm -hmm. this guides you through asking questions and even in just two cards, what we've got now is not only do we have character relationships, but also in the process of developing those, we have created shared story between the characters. We've talked about how Mr. Freeze and (laughs) Lobo have worked together how Automatopoeia has some tension with Lobo, <laughs> and we have given Wayne several plot points. For example, he can continue to develop, well, here's a lead for you on the disease that Nora Fries has that you think might be cured by something the Resistance has, or Superman still has the boot on Lobo's bike, and that <laughs> yeah. comes up. Oh, And or, that would come up. Or... Oh <laughs> You happen to find the boom box that automatic PAUs next to the bike, whatever it may be. And that's something I want to emphasize as well, is these tools are not just about the immediate data they present, but it's also about knowing how to read into and pass that data to see here's the other questions you need to ask, and here's the other information it's presented. The fact that Lobo accepted payment. Mm. In ever cold beer, uh, and why wouldn't Lobo? Have,
2: <laughs> isn't that what he usually <laughs> Yeah, statement? well, pretty perfect.
0: If you look at the technology Mr. Freeze has with his coolants and such, I mean, I don't know if this ever comes up in game, but he does have ever cold devices in the form of right. his freeze bombs. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you are probably have a it's not weaponized, it's the reverse, it's beerified weapons. Uh, and <laughs> it Lobo's down with that, <laughs> yeah.
2: So, all right. And as the GM, that gives you so many things to start weaving through, like, you know, different points. Maybe somebody figures out, you know, the secret about what really happened to his bike and is now going to blackmail or, you know, it comes to light and that causes tension in the party. So there's so many fun things you can do with that as a GM, too. Yeah.
0: If you're a GM, if you don't study this information (laughs) beyond the immediate answers, you are cheating yourself.
2: Right. So the next thing we would do is we'd, so we do a full round of those at the end of the round, the GM would have, they've got five world dynamics cards. So at the end of the round, they would flip over one of those. So for us, it's going to be the Empress in upside down. So the question is, there's someone that everyone in our group dislikes. Who is that person? I think that's kind of obvious for this. The GM. <laughs> the GM. Yeah. Uh, so well, This I, would be I,
1: an NPC, right?
2: Yes, this could be an NPC. This and it could be, be somebody you've created. Yeah. Yeah,
0: so Superman's <laughs> a bit too obvious. Could also, okay. a <laughs> Man.
2: If we want to say Superman, a bit <laughs> <laughs> too Calendar obvious. Man. Well, you can always, too. One of the things is we've built in the X card as a mechanic into Decima. So if you do end up getting a card that's like, oh, we already answered this when we talked about this other thing, you can always X the card. You just draw another card of that type and then flip it over. Okay, so So we can just do that.
0: Yeah, let's do a different one. One that is a little less obvious than its (laughs) answer. Um, Because I
2: can
1: come up with something more obscure, but it'll be more fun to do something different.
2: Yeah, although I like the Calendar Man. That's, that's a good cut. <laughs>
4: because um, Calendar Man <laughs> is beneath Mr. Freeze and the main man, but he's mm-hmm. on Onomatopoeia's level. But if Calendar Man, if it's the right day, like Arbor Day or something, and he mm-hmm. knows about the boombox, mm-hmm. I mean, that's deadly for Onomatopoeia. And Onomatopoeia's got to convince Freeze and the main man to yeah. go after Calendar. If it's yeah. like
0: one of those obscure holidays and it's like... <laughs> every day confession day or something like
4: that or yeah you have three weeks to stop calendar man on confession day yeah let's go with a better question yeah
2: (laughs) so we x that card so we're gonna actually this the next card i drew was the emperor and it's right side up so our group supports a set establishment who are they and why do we support them so these cards are meant to be like you've done a great job of collaboratively coming up with stuff anyway but these definitely have to be uh, we have to come to, to consensus on them as a group.
0: We accept the resistance, but mm-hmm. doesn't sound like we're really in with them. Man, man doesn't care about your politics. Yeah. So who is it we're in with? Hmm. Smugglers. Like, is there like a smuggler group we could write into this? Yeah, I would I mean, I as a GM would throw out the idea
1: of the Suicide Squad.
2: There you go. Mm-hmm.
1: They're out there and free now,
4: and <laughs> they are looking for. Other villains. Or maybe Amanda Waller captured the three of us and we are the new suicide squad. And Wayne pulled me to the side going, yeah, Lobo doesn't care if his head gets blown off. He'll just grow back. Make it work, Chad. And that's my <laughs> yeah. role playing challenge. Well, I mean, or maybe we just
0: agree with the where There's no bombs in our necks. I mean, Amanda Waller, she represents the old order. Yeah. And we were doing fine. Two out of the three of us were doing fine <laughs> in the old order. Right. One of us was stuck being on a
1: <laughs> but or Amanda Waller comes to you and says, "You work with me. I'll tell you who told Superman where your bike is. You work oh, with yeah. me. I've got some information you go. that you yeah. can yeah. help cure yeah. your, your wife with." So
0: okay, yeah, I'm you thinking... work with
1: me, and I won't tell Lobo who... <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> who did the recording. So what are the what are the two different names they get for organization? It's sometimes Argus, and it's sometimes what's the other name? I'm drawing a blank right now. Okay, I know what you mean, but but yeah, so Amanda Waller plus the organization she works with, which gets like two or three different names, uh, mm-hmm. Cadmus. Yeah, it's Argus of yeah. Cadmus. So we're in with her because well, on top of that, the U.S. government's been deposed. So mm-hmm. I mean, and she's a it's
3: arguable a lawful okay, so what we're n- we're now back in China's good graces. Okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. She would obviously be trying to get people on her side because... She is a defender of the people. Yeah. yeah. She's and patriotic.
0: So yeah. what would yeah. a setting type question be? Or is that what we're doing right now?
2: This is kind of a unique situation because you chose a world that is very established and already has a lot of stuff, which is great. You can absolutely do that. But for like that card, you can absolutely you, like, make up something. Like, oh, maybe there's a, a rebel group that's like buried themselves into the government you know, trying to get info on Superman, and we support them. So you can also come up with random stuff.
3: So like the Teen Titans, for example, they're the resistance or something like that? that? They were.
0: Sure, yeah. yeah.
3: Teen
2: (laughs) Titans,
0: I don't think this is in book. I think this is just mentioned. They get pushed into the Phantom Zone to get rid of them. Hmm. Yeah. So if we were able to get them back, then yeah, they'd totally probably be willing to work with us because it's better than the alternative. All right. So I have one last question for you before we wrap this one up.
2: Well, I'd like to do one more if we can. Yes, um, I'd is. like to do an example of like one or two location cards. Yes. If we're, okay. br- if you have like slightly briefer answers. <laughs> sure. So then once we got around and we did that round and then we did the world dynamics card, the next thing we do is we would go around and flip over the blue cards. And so you'd be creating parts of our location. For us, that would probably be a specific city. I've made things as large as like a continent before. And also as things as small as like an individual haunted house. So the location can really vary based on what you and your group want to do. And so let's see. they will flip over a location card.
3: The smoking crater that used to
0: be <laughs> Metropolis. I was going to say, actually, let's do one of our old fallbacks because it's nowhere near Metropolis or Gotham. And let's do St. Louis.
2: <laughs> oh, there you go.
0: Star City. Star City. <laughs> no, Star City's got there's too many people there. <laughs> <laughs> in the DC universe, you know what's going on in St. Louis? I mm-hmm. think it has one... To- or is that Marvel <laughs> that gave us one token superhero? Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, nothing.
3: Right.
2: <laughs> so, this question is, some people in our location are superstitious. What do they believe brings good luck?
3: Kryptonite. <laughs> well, <laughs>
0: okay. oh, Kryptonite brings more than good luck. So, what do they believe brings... It's a genuine belief that they believe brings good luck. You know what? Because Superman struggles so much with magic Mm -hmm. and with the influence of spirits, how about artifacts from any of the haunted or occultic places in the area? Mm -hmm. So, like, artifacts from Kokia Mound, Mm -hmm. artifacts from, like, the burial sites at Koch Hospital, artifacts from the Lemp family, Mm -hmm. because they Mm -hmm. think that the spirits might be able to affect Superman in a way that a gun can't. Right.
2: That's awesome. Yeah, Yeah. really nice. Okay. We're going to flip over another card. Um, Our location has a large, recognizable feature. What is it?
0: Okay, Gateway Arch is too obvious. (laughs) I mean, unless Wayne's got some big idea for the Gateway Arch, that's a little too obvious.
3: No, The Arch is too obvious, so I'm going to say... How about the Smoking Crater where the Arch used to be?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: Actually, I was going to go something that's kind of similar to that, of in the battle with the Green Lanterns, an asteroid got knocked down and actually created a big crater. Might as well make it where the arch Knight. is. And the the asteroid is
4: still there. Like yeah. Well, way. if it's an asteroid, you don't know where it came from. You can always <laughs> oh hope it hope. It's let's, got kryptonite in there. Let's revisit the previous question. People think that the pieces of the asteroid bring yeah. good luck. It's yeah. not kryptonite. It sure as hell is glowing. Mm-hmm. And it's green. (laughs) Don't know why it's green and (laughs) glowing. It ain't good.
3: That's where the zombies come from, I
4: guess. (laughs) Uh, Hey, that's (laughs) Rowan to develop. Yeah, that's that's right.
2: (laughs) Awesome. So you'd continue around and do a set of those questions. And then again, you would close out with the GM flipping over one of their World Dynamics cards. So you do that for, for four rounds. So it'd be character connections, locations, character connections, locations. Then the last one everyone would go around and flip over would be their last card, which everyone's flipping over world dynamics card. So that would be more like the one we did um, with, you know, who we support, who's a a set establishment, um, whether people owe you favors. We tried to do something one time when we failed. What was it? Things like that to just kind of build up. A uh, backstory for the group and then, you know, backstory for the location that you're at. And then also these connections between the characters Do you have
1: anything built into the rules to so go back and look at any of them, because like what we just did mm-hmm. there, once something else is introduced, mm-hmm. that might be a good thing to add as a, another alternate way to play the game is to review the ones you chose, because I really like the mm-hmm. idea once we had the asteroid strike of changing. What
0: people have for their sense of good luck, yeah, or being to something to, we didn't
1: know existed before to veto
0: or re answer a card or something,
2: yeah. I mean, it's meant to be very fluid, like games like For the Queen, or if you've played the Quiet Year, things like that. So, as you're taking notes, if you come up with a better answer, you can absolutely go back and change it. These are more like and rather than like hard rules for a game, it's they're meant to be more. Um, like sentence starters or prompts to make you think so you can absolutely go back you know generally it's the gm who takes the most notes you know just be like oh no we like this answer better let's go change that and so it's no problem at all also you know if we were all in person together what we would be doing is while we were answering location cards we'd have a piece of paper in front of us we'd be drawing a map and i say drawing like loosely because I usually put a square and then label what it is because that's my drawing ability but then you have at least something where everyone has the same reference points during the campaign so we know hey the arch crater with the the asteroids over there and then our secret base is over here Um, there's the park over here that's even radiated and that way I've discovered through all my years of GMing that often if you're like okay everyone picture a city People picture different things. So that way, at least you have basic reference points. You know, you're like, oh, the saloon is over by the sheriff's office and things like that. I'm just
1: imagining the horrible drawing I'm going to do of the refugee camp (laughs) for Ape City.
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah. So,
0: yeah, one of the things that I forgot to mention, I'm glad you brought this up because I saw this on the Kickstarter, is in addition to the prompts for setting and relationships and things like that, there is also a design aspect to this. Of trying Mm -hmm. to create a loose, you know, map of, I mean, think like a little kid's treasure map, but at least create some (laughs) kind of map of how these points of interest interrelate. And that's also built into this game. I do have one real, I hope it's a quick question I want to ask before we sign this out. What does the name Decuma mean?
2: Decuma is actually the Romans uh, renamed the fates when they stole everything Greek. Decuma is the middle fate, the the one who allots the mortals thread of life. So you've got the the fate who who weaves the thread of life, Decima gives it out to you, and then there's the fate who cuts it at the end. So I thought that was a very fitting name because it kind of allots, you know, the thread of life for you to weave in your campaigns and all these things that happen. And also it has the word deck in it, and it's a deck of cards, and I'm a total nerd.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was guessing it was Latin because of the deck. Mm-hmm. You know, deck, of course, typically being Latin for 10. Yeah. but did not catch the mythical reference. So if you want to see more on the Kickstarter, including, I believe there's a video of a demo game of it being played.
2: Yeah, there's, a there's uh, I think, three or four different actual play podcasts with different podcast groups doing it. I think there's three videos if you'd rather watch it, too.
0: So, yeah, I will link to the Kickstarter. I hope you guys will get out there and back this, or at least take a look at it. And if you want to see how it plays, then there's videos out there where you can check that. And once again, for links to Kimmy's other stuff, please check the show notes. We'll have all of that there. The Happy Jacks people are great people, and actually, we do need to start doing more with them because we, we we used to do crossovers more frequently, and we haven't done a while. We're old, well, and it's winter time, and Stu's not mowing my lawn, so. <laughs> in fairness,
1: you and Stu both had major life changes in that time. Well,
0: break. yes, that's
2: but true. But <laughs> anyway, but yeah. If they want to find the Kickstarter, it's really easy to find. Go to GoldenLassoGames.com slash Kickstarter. Um, and all, there's a ton of info there. We've blown past our goal. We're totally funded. We're coming up on 300% funded. And we're on day 10, which is stressful and exciting and very amazing. Well, you are <laughs>
0: in California. Just smoke it up.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That works. So,
0: <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in. And thank you, Kimmy, for taking the time to join us and to fight through all of the technical issues that we dealt with trying to get this damn thing to stream on Skype and record and no as for you guys at home have a great week and great games and we will catch you next time this has been a production of Fear the Boot copyright 2020 you can find previous episodes and other resources at feartheboot.com if you wish to support this show and its related endeavors you can do so at patreon.com feartheboot